We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Silk Stockings podcast. I wait. Sorry, this is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow for Pod Mavericks After Dark. That was our. Uh, I wouldn't call it new music because you've had it for a while. I just forget to put it on. Um, Josh, and and then it was a, a new video for those watching over the screen. Josh, what's going on today? Good. I'm adjusting my camera after we've already hit record, which was fun. <laughs> but, uh, that gave me. Gave me some nostalgia there. That was yeah. That's the intro music I found from a free license, unlicensed, or you know whatever free license music website when we first started up the podcast, like in 2018 or whatever. Yeah, we're bringing great. it back. We're bringing great. it back. I love Sh- it. Shout out to to our man Panda Hank 41. You should go subscribe to his channel for uh, for for putting together that that you know I guess you'd call it a video. It's a still image, but that's well, it's what we're going to be leading off the show with here on the the um, podcast. So it's been a couple of weeks since we we talked. You were uh, out of commission last week, which you know, considering the things that have happened to you and I in our personal lives, like we would be dead if the Mavericks were in the second round of the playoffs, like, oh I'm really God. not sure what I, the hell we would have done. I don't know either. I really don't. I still don't feel good. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it's just DFW right now is like a hellscape with the air quality. Like allergies are just out of control and my sinuses are already bad. So yeah, I've just been, I'm hanging on by a thread the last couple of days, but uh, better than, better than last week for sure. Right. Just had a fever that just wouldn't go away. But here we are. Right. Well, we're here now and it's, it's been a little bit of time and, you know, we were going over the things uh, Ben and I talked about last week in your absence. And there's a lot of like kind of the last three days, there's been a shocking amount of like Mavs adjacent stuff. And, you know, we, we build in these weekly shows. We try to like space out elements of content because we want to do regular shows. 
but then sometimes things bunch up. And so, you know, a couple of things happened today or in the last like 48 hours that are actually at least that I wanted to talk to you about. And I'm glad we have the ability to talk to it about it. So the first thing that happened, this broke from Mark Stein at about six o'clock today, um, who that that various people that are going to be representing teams at the um, at the lottery next week. And the Mavericks, they went like like general manager Nico Harrison is going to be representing Dallas on on you know on TV. And I feel like we criticize the Mavericks for everything, but he's just he's a boring pick. Like he's like he doesn't he doesn't make me mad. It's like it's fine. It's just it's like this is a 41-year-old organization with some storied people. I wouldn't have minded seeing Cuban, honestly. Like it's like who do you associate with the Mavericks? Like who, there are various people. Like the the um, Trailblazers went with Brandon Roy, which is fascinating because I've heard that they don't have the best relationship. And you know it, it's it's I just think it's interesting. Like there's stuff that you can do, and you know what? It, I guess you might look a little silly. Like the one that that stands out in my mind is when the, during the LeBron James lottery, Jerry West basically had to sit there and smile for Memphis as as things didn't go their way, and it's it can be a little bit uncomfortable. But I don't know. I just I would have liked to have seen something more. Is 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 that an unfair gripe? No, because it's 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 now a thing for bits. Teams do bits with this, mm-hmm. and the Mavericks love to do bits. So it's kind of funny that they decided to to hold off. Um, this is really funny. If Mark Cuban does happen to listen to this, he's I I'm gonna guarantee like a 75 percent chance he sends you a DM about how. He's going to be like, hey, I'm finally like trying to get out of the spotlight and not do media. Now you're killing me. No, it's not um, even. A, it's just, you know, I there's know, something, know. you know, it's just like somebody was one of my non Mavericks friends is like, why doesn't Dirk do it? I'm like, Dirk's traveling around the world, man. Yeah, he's, but, got, he's got better shit to do. Right. And I, I, if, I'm sure he would have done it if it works right. out. It's just it's like for, for us, it's it feels like Dirk only gets trotted out as like a in the middle of a bad news cycle kind of thing. Like, Hey, here's Dirk Nowitzki. And yeah, yeah, it is what it is. It's a little thing. I'm very like, I am a superstitious fan. It's just how I am. Um, And I, I think I like leaning into that element. Um, One of the things that we have written about and will come up is the fact that the Mavericks have never moved up in the lottery. They've only fallen or stayed the same. And they've been in the lottery enough times to where that's statistically very strange. And they've been um, very bad. In, mm-hmm. I mean, what, they were the worst team of the 90s and they right. never moved up, which is crazy. Right. Well, that's that. So then, you know, the, the next thing that came out was our, our former editor and friend, Tim Cato, has been doing this regular uh, t- social media survey. Um <laughs> And it's funny because he, he he admits that it's not scientific, but it's just the sort of thing that really, uh, when you take when you take a look at it, it's on theathletic.com. He got nearly nineteen hundred responses to this, interestingly worded, and he even admits this in the methodology like survey that it attempts to to not suss out specific answers. Like he wants to know what people think without being like, hey, send me an email with all your Mavericks thoughts. That's that's kind of the gist of this. And, you know, there was not anything in it that really, really jumped out to me. Um, did, did you happen to take a look at this? Because it's like, yeah, it, I did. What, uh, what, what was, was there anything for you that you're like, man, this was really, really interesting. Um, I think it's, it's not a coincidence. I mean, 
Tim acknowledged it in the in the post where he posted the results. People are pretty fed up with the roster and the team. Uh, people are ready for change, but also, you know, he's, you know, that's what nineteen hundred participants. How many of those were from Twitter? And right, probably most Twitter of fan is a different different mindset. animal than the guy that doesn't get online and just watches the game on TV and goes to yep. bed and whatever. So it doesn't surprise me that it's it's leaning towards I'm I'm tired of the team because I mean everyone that really invested their time into this team, which are all of us lunatics that are following and you know, us media and the people that are online and, and posting about it, that you know, it, it was a rough season. Uh, yep. and it's been a rough couple of years of roster building. So it makes sense. Um our old our old colleague Andy had a really funny resp- like really made me laugh when he responded to the uh, 74% of the respondents want to keep Maxi Kleba. And he was just kind of like, I don't know what kind of intervention we have to have with Mavs fans. Did we run uh, Andy's he's... column? There's a lot live, live reaction of, of the behind the scenes. With <laughs> I don't think we've done that because he hasn't been able to edit it because he's been sick. Oh, we need to follow up with him because that was a banger of a column. It was, it was a really it... good one. Yeah. <sighs> it's funny. Uh, anyway. So that made me, Sorry. that just made me laugh that, you know, because Maxi is one of those, you know, he's just one of those guys that's been here forever. So right. you're, you would think there's some sentiment that they need to move on, but he had a lot of support. So uh, I think, you know, injury gives him a grace period. So we'll see what happens this season. But yeah, otherwise, you know, most of it felt like what people people that are going to res- take their time to respond to an online Mavs poll, it, those answers mostly matched up. Right. Well, so this is a part I found interesting and I knew I just scrolled up trigger my brain with it because it was a long post because he asked a lot of questions if the yeah. mavericks retain the 10th overall pick would you prefer the team keep it oh, or trade it one. and 50 53.5 percent of respondents said they hope the mavericks trade the pick and un, uh, tim wrote this underneath the question i posited that the trade would be for a veteran role player who filled the position of need nothing exceptional basically the question asks if fans would prioritize adding another young player to the team's core trying to win now um, I, I just found myself pretty surprised by this because we as a fan base have clamored for young talent. And part of why we all wanted the Mavericks to, uh, at least I, uh, as I understood it, everyone was very interested in the Mavericks keeping the 10 pick was to, to draft a player. Now we all kind of understand the Mavericks front office will probably want to move it to get a win now player, but what we want versus what the Mavericks are going to do are kind of two different things. I just, I found myself surprised by that because let's, this is one area where, where friend of me of the show, Matt Moore, I think is correct in that, you know, what are you really going to get for the 10th pick? The, the um, Portland trailblazers have the fifth best odds. If they stay at five, they can undercut any, anything the Mavericks would, would want to win now just as badly as just as badly. And they honestly, they, as a team, like I'm, I'm, I like Dame. I'm glad, you know, Dame, Dame's loyal. Yay. Luca's twice the player Dame is. And if you were to put Luca on that team, I think they would do better. Like Jeremy Grant might be a better player than any player the Mavericks have other than Kyrie Irving. Uh, he's, he's in, you know, they just have a lot of pretty good guys. And so I think they could really, you know, do a decent package for the, the, the fifth pick in a player. So it's just the Mavericks might really get undercut there. So that's something I'm, I'm just sort yeah. of thinking about that. That was, that was something I found odd. Now, like it's again, we're kind of at the point in the year where I'm interested in what people want. We all know the Mavericks don't care about what we want. That much is obvious because they're they're building the team. What fans want, I, I would make an argument, like probably wouldn't come into consideration, but it's just something that, that's been sort of in my head. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it's such a, I mean, this is like the 
the crossroad. This is it. Like, this is the moment, you know, they're not going to have, I mean, knock on wood, but they shouldn't, if things go according to plan, or even if they don't, they're, I can't imagine a scenario where they have another top 10 pick while Luca right. is under contract. So That's right. this is the most valuable asset there they might have for the remainder of his, his, his contract. So all's riding on it, you know, whether they trade it or whether they keep it. So, yeah, I understand, you know, wanting to talk about it, wanting to gauge the temperature of it because the Mavericks haven't been here before, you know, they've, yep. this is just new, new territory. Uh, you know, they're either bad or they're good. They're, there's, it's weird that they're in this, we should be good, but bad. You know, they, you know, that usually just doesn't happen to this organization since Dirk's been drafted. So yep. yeah, it's weird. And, and I think that maybe that spurs some of the, you know, Oh, they want to trade it. Like, you know, us thinking the fan base would want to keep it. Maybe it's weird because the stakes are different uh, than, than they were like when they were bad in 2017 or 2018 or whatever. Yep. Well, then the next thing that, that I thought was interesting was, uh, you know, since we have the draft coming up, Sam Vicini of the athletic redid the, what he thinks would happen if the folks were able to redo the 2022 draft and Jaden Hardy, who the Mavericks selected, 37th by essentially buying the Kings pick. Uh, they have the, the redraft has him getting selected at 17. And I found 17 to be just right. Uh, mm-hmm. when I was really looking into this, because look, like there's a, there's a lot of interesting conversations going on about Jaden Hardy right now. Jaden Hardy is a six, three guard. Uh, the Mavericks have all their best players are guards. I'm not high or low on Hardy. I think what the Mavericks did with Hardy this last year worked out about just about as well as I could have possibly imagined. Like that's he his development and the way they the way they developed him and the the path they brought him along. I think is pretty 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 impressive. And and so to to move 20 spots in a redraft. That's 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 right to me. You know, I, some fans were oddly irritated that he didn't make an all rookie team and he just he didn't play enough. Like the Mavericks had a they had basically a, a four quarter plan where they didn't play him at all in the first 20 games because he was in the G League working on his game. Mm-hmm. And that, and then he just they they ramped up his usage here and there. And and I, I our friend Dalton, I've kind of been, he's I've kind of been debating with him where he said something effective. Well, I think if they would have played him more that would you know, we'd be feeling differently. And you know, you don't play rookies when you're trying to make the playoffs second round rookies. Like you just, that just doesn't happen. So it's like that, that's a situation that I don't know. I'm, I'm rambling a bit. I've just, I've, I've been kind of, I don't want to say frustrated because I want to take, take away people's joy, but like, what are we, what are we doing? It's Hardy is fine. Yeah. But also, you know, you play him more earlier in the season. It's not a guarantee that he's going to come along like he did, you know, like you, you could be, maybe that G league stint early in the season helped him because he did really, really well. Uh, confidence if, is important. Yeah. What if they played him like 10 games in November and he was off and he's awful. Like, what does that do for the rest of his season? What does that do to the coaching staff's confidence? Like I'm Hardy's like the big, like, like the biggest success from last season. Like I don't want to touch or criticize any of nope. it. Like the fact that he didn't make an all rookie team has nothing to do with him. I don't think right. it has anything to do with the Mavericks it has to do with, this was a pretty loaded rookie year rookie class like yep. this was a really good rookie season a lot, a lot of functional players yeah and a lot of functional players plus a lot of guys getting a lot of time on some bad teams so the numbers like the numbers are just not there like you know you might say like hardy was a more efficient player than like jabari smith in houston but like i mean at the end of the day he played like 80 games and averaged like 12 and 8 like you have to 
at the end of the day, you can't just put a guy over the team like that. So, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's not a slight, not, not everything no, not has to be all. a slight or a negative. I just enjoy the, enjoy the victories where you get them. Moving 20 Hardy spots up, that. I think is really something like Christian oh, yeah. Braun, like, like Sam has Christian Braun at 16, Tari Eason at 15, Mark Williams at 14, Dyson Daniels at 13, Jalen Duran, and then you get to the guys that that had all yeah. rookie seasons. Like this was like he's right on that cusp. And I think that's pretty interesting. I just I really do. Cause I, one of the things we got to remember, folks, um, one of the things we got to remember is that he really wasn't very good in the G League. Like he looked bad the, yeah, before it, before he got drafted. Before he got drafted, right. Like last season, sorry. And mm-hmm. so it just, it, it was a gamble and it, it's, you know, one of those, it's why we talk about bites at the apple. You want right. to have gambles pay off. It's very, it's valuable. Anyways, I, I just been thinking about him a lot. I, I had a discussion yesterday with somebody who said, I, you know, next year, I think, I think Jaden Hardy can, can score close to 20 points a game. And I pulled up the list, you know, the NBA has really inflated scoring this year relative to historical averages, right. 43 players in the league scored 20 points or more per game. That's 10% of the active NBA roster. I think that's a little high. I want like 12 points a game in 25 minutes. I, th- you know, I want it something. It still feels like high expectation. Sure. For me. Yeah. No, I mean, double, double digit way. score is something I think he could be. And that's that's fine with me. I mean, you know, our friend Austin just said, you know, I really, I would love to see Jaden Hardy turn into like a Tyrese Maxey type guy. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, that's an insane comp. The man just scored 30 points in game five of a playoff game. Like, don't do that. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, you know, it's the same thing with Josh Green after training camp. And it's like, guys, like just you're setting yourself up for something that's not going to happen. And yeah, Green had a great season, but also he didn't finish it well. You know, like it, there were aspects of his game that weren't great um, that I think people just kind of went through the moon. And, you know, when Dorian was dra- was traded, I think a lot of people were like, oh, well, he's going to be better than Dorian. He kind of was in some cases, but, you know, he kind of fell off a cliff. It's like, just let these guys develop. Like, just take the wins. Like, Josh yep. Green's season was a win. win. Hardy's season was a win. Like, he, they don't need to turn into all-stars nope. before they their needed. their first yeah. contract is up to make them to That's make, exactly you know, right. Make worth it. Well, then the next piece of news, and I really – this was a fascinating one for me. Um, former Dallas Maverick, uh, Chris Porzingis went on the, the Ariel Hawani basketball show, and he talked a little bit about his time in Dallas – and he had some really like self self-reflecting things to say, which m- my favorite part about the Chris Stapps, and I, I say this sort of sarcastically, but Chris Stapps had the best quotes because he always like there was no reading between the lines. He was he would tell you when he wasn't getting enough looks, like it was mildly passive aggressive and such, but he was always like, Yeah, the this was the problem type quotes. And um, you know. He he said, I thought so too, for sure, Porzingis said, while agreeing that his fit with Doncic wasn't a perfect one. We never played up to that level, and a lot of that's on me. And the, the high level he was referencing was the the level that he, the Mavericks played with in the bubble, which everybody played great in the bubble who was playing there. It's a different experience. Uh, Porzingis went on to say, I wasn't playing at that level that I'm playing at right now. Overall, I think, think sooner or later a trade was going to be the result. And he said, you know, he went on to say, um, they always treated me good. They always treated me well. I truly wish everybody in the organization the best, which I, you know, you just don't got to say stuff like that. When you leave, you get traded, you move on to new orgs. You could always just kind of PR speak it. And the fact that he admitted that by, 
you know, the, the fit didn't work for how he was playing. And we all talked about that. And a lot of folks were very upset by that, who really liked Porzingis's game and wanted him to wanted Luka to conform to him more. And I, I just think it's interesting that he kind of just kind of admitted that. Yeah, I mean, he's always been very media savvy. Uh, he's always been pretty good talking to the media. I think that's one of the reasons why. I mean, he got a lot. He got some heat in Dallas, but I think you know reporters like like people generally liked him. And I mean, not saying he wasn't a bad guy, but he's always been well spoken in these kind of interviews and. Yeah, it was, it was interesting, and, you know, it's hard to, you know, there's part of it where you're like, how much of it was on him, how much of it was on the Mavericks and Luka, uh, and I think anytime you get into the point of, like, blaming someone other than KP for the fans, that probably strikes a nerve because he missed a lot, KP missed a lot of games, and, you know, I think the thing that was weird about that, his time in Dallas was there's a part of me that thinks that the Mavericks thought that KP was going to be a better player than Luca that first year that they were together playing together. Yep. And I wonder if KP thought that too, like going oh. into that season. I wonder if he was like, okay, I'm the alpha. This is Luca's second year. I'll be his, you know, he'll be my co-star. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, Luca's ascension, you know, we saw it, but you know, not everyone else is going to see it. I mean, I didn't see year two blowing up as much as it did. Nope. So I wonder if that just changed the dynamic between the two in the locker room and the organization that it was like, oh, Luca's the alpha and KP's like I've I mean, he was the guy in New York. He got showered with praise, like he was the next big thing until he got traded. So that must have been kind of a wake up call or or just just something tough to deal with because you know, it's easy for us to be like, Well, your role's different now. Just spot up and shoot threes and just play defense and don't complain. And it's you're getting paid a million, you're getting paid twenty five million dollars a year. Don't you know just do it and like it's easy for us to say that but these guys who have been you know doing used to a certain way of playing for so long which for kp was like four you know about four years it's hard to flip that switch and i wonder if that's kind of part of it certainly is um want to take a moment before we we talk about the last piece of news everybody do me a favor hit that uh hit that like button on the stream also if you could go and subscribe to our show on youtube uh, that sort of thing very much helps us. You can to get notified of these live shows. Basically, everything we do is live since it then gets saved as a video. I think there's different notifications you can click through to to particularly if if it'll you know let you know on your phone. You can watch through that. As everybody knows, we do these uh, live shows. I've been doing them Friday afternoon. Uh, I'll probably do another one this Friday. We'll see how long we can keep it up because I've I've really gotten a kick out of some of our um, Euro uh, European and overseas followers that are so far ahead uh, clicking in in the middle of the night to hang out. That's been fun. Um, so yeah, I would appreciate if you guys were able to do that. So the, the last piece of news that I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm less, it's not like amusing news, but I think what it means big picture. And I do think Ben and I talked about this, but I want to talk about it with you. The Mavericks are going to play two preseason games in Abu Dhabi to go along with at least, I think there's one game against Real Madrid for preseason. So, so, I want to guess if you if you know what my take is away from this. Do, do you have any ideas? You're muted. Sorry about go. that. I've just I've had a coughing fit all night, so I'm sure. trying to keep that off the off the airwaves. Um, I'm going to guess you are not looking forward to some of this because there's a trend in the preseason of teams that travel overseas get mm. off to bad starts in the regular season. I am, and 
I, I want to pair that with the fact that in kids two seasons with the Mavericks and really kids basketball seasons period as a coach, he does a fair amount, you know, uh, Chuck Cooperstein pointed this out where he said he does a fair amount of experimentation earlier in the year. And personally, I don't think, I, I think kid is on a, on a slow burner uh, that where the heat can turn up quickly. They cannot afford a slow start again is my take on this. And so you pair the challenge that comes from throwing off your training camp schedule with playing these games overseas that aren't really real games and doing a lot of things like that out in the neighborhood, you know, out in the world with, um, with what we're, with what we've kind of known historically about how teams start slow and all this. I I'm just, I'm very interested. It's, it's something that's up there. You know, we all kind of talked about how we had wondered if the Mavericks would move on from kid, which all of us knew that really wasn't going to happen, but it was, I don't know it's just it's something that's been rattling around in my brain and will probably live there. I hope they don't start slow because you know who wants to cover losses? That sucks. I mean, I feel like they've started slow every season since Luca's second year. I mm-hmm. think thir- last so last three seasons they've been yep. under five hundred in the fir- after the first. You know, I think that's yeah, that's right, or yeah. around five hundred. You know, not where they want to be. So yeah, it's tough. Uh, always worried about throwing off Luca's training camp schedule. What's that going to do for his shape? Because he is a, an amoeba that can seemingly get in and out of shape at the drop of a hat. So, he looked pretty uh, good. There were some photos yeah. around him on the internet today. He looked he looked good. I mean, for him, like he didn't yeah. look like you know, he he's didn't never look like to, he's right, never going he to look like that. He didn't <laughs> look like like a player we should freak out about. How's that? There you um, go. But yeah, so I don't know that that's kind of the final piece of news. All right, so for for the podcast guests uh, who are listening, you know, later on because it's currently recording Tuesday night, May 9th, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, two short ads. Remember, if you listen to those ads, that helps Josh and I. It's one of the one of the real ways you can actually support us is by ad impressions. Uh, for the video people, I will stop talking for about five seconds and then we will click back into this. So, thanks so much for the break. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
All right, weird uh, format that I'm choosing to go with here. I don't know why I said thanks so much for the break. I am I am just losing my mind. I have been awake a, a lot. Time. Well, I was, I, my, I was alone with my son this weekend, and I told him we could start Breath of the Wild, which mm-hmm. meant he was like 6 a.m. Saturday and Sunday, where he's like, Breath of the Wild. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> it's not really coherent. Um, all right, so we're going to end the show with a review of, of four players. Uh, we're more or less done, I think, at Mavs Moneyball with our player reviews. And, I, you know, you can go and search those out on the site. We did one for just about everybody except uh, whichever Morris twin the Mavericks had this year, even at this point. I don't know um, uh, which one it was. So, yeah, Marky. Okay, Markeith. We didn't do one of him. Uh, we still need to publish the one on Kyrie. Uh, Matthew, if you're listening to this, uh, answer my texts and write the <laughs> Kyrie review. Um, so, oddly enough... Uh, G League player McKinley Wright the fourth played a significant amount of basketball for the Mavericks this year. Uh, 27 games, and he played nearly a quarter, uh, just over a quarter a game when he played. Um, he wasn't, you know, he, he's an interesting guy because he's, he's a little older, undersized, fighter, um, got put in a position that's not really fair to him, if we're being candid. And I think with what he did, I, I, I was pleased with the minutes that he had to play, but the fact that he had to play at all speaks to our problems with the team building from the get-go. Yeah, I mean, he had to play because they had no answer for replacing Jalen Brunson, and they went through Composo, who we knew wouldn't work. They went through Kemba, who we knew, even if he worked, he had a, uh, what do you want to call it? He had a shelf life. He had a hard expiration date. like So... Mm -hmm. He had to play because after that, they just didn't really have any uh, any backup guards. So, yeah, he, you know, he was fine. He was fun. You know, it was – if if the season's going to be bad and, and guys are going to have to play, I'd rather – you know, I'd rather see Wright play than like a Baku Campazzo. Yes. Or no, that's Kemba. very true. Like I'd rather he, see Wright. Like might as well see if you have something out of him. Like he's what you use. He's the point of two ways. You know, you just see what you have and, and you take a dart throw at a young guy and, and – he had he had some moments. I don't know what his future is in the league, or uh, if he has a future with the Mavericks. You know, we'll see. But I mean, he did enough in his time that I wouldn't mind him back on that two way slot. Or you know, like they probably need to do is just rotate through, find another guy, uh, take another dart throw. But uh, you know, he was nice. You know, I, I think something that impressed the staff, like when we'd watch games in Slack, is like, wow, he can run a pick and roll. Like he knows yep. how to run an NBA pick and roll, which is not like. It's pretty good for a undrafted, you know, two-way player. Uh, so that's something they can maybe build on with him. He seems to like to play defense, which there weren't a lot of guys on the roster that like to do that, especially after the Kyrie trade. So who knows? He, he could be someone that they could put some development time into. Uh, but if they moved on, I also wouldn't shed a tear or anything like that. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's right. I, if he is on, like, the summer league roster – I think that would be a pretty good indicator that the Mavericks are hoping to kind of keep him in that two-way spot. Um, but that, you know, if, if he's not, you know, I, I could just be misspeaking. I'm, I'm going to be very curious to see what happens with him. I, the, the NBA seems to like these developmental spots and they should, you know, you should take advantage of the tools in front of you, bring guys up and there's no harm in having him sit on the bench. There there's, I, I, I was glad to watch a guy play hard is what I'll say about him. And, mm-hmm. and that, Sometimes we just we see that they don't, um, and and you know that leads me directly into the next guy we were going to talk about the marquee uh, signing of the off season, 
JaVale McGee, and I am just now noticing that in our player review, his um, name is not properly capitalized. So good job, us as editors. <laughs> oh, we all know the deal by now. McGee was you know, brought in on most of the Mavs. Uh, tax, was it the taxpayer mid-level exception? Yeah, I think quote, like the shorthand is like mini mid-level. Like, yeah, it's like... It's in the neighborhood. It's in the neighborhood of twenty million dollars a year, which ended up being his second biggest contract of his career. He's thirty-four now. He'll be thirty-six when it's over. The Mavericks started the first eight games of the year with him, and he was not good because he is not good. Um, I, I don't. I've kicked him so much for so long, and it's not. I don't, I don't want to say it's not fair to him. It's very fair to him. Like he is a veteran who is capable of playing harder than he does and playing smarter than he does. And he just doesn't do it. And so at a certain point I, I get, I, I never understood why the Mavericks brought him back period uh, other than kid wanted him, which I will never be able to prove that Jason kid wanted him, but there's that's you don't, if JaVale McGee is the answer, then the question is fucking frightening. Yeah, you know, they got spooked by Kevon Looney in the playoffs last year. So Sure, he's scary, but yeah, McGee they, can't be the answer. No, I know, I know. They just overreacted. And uh, it's very funny because, like, Nico's exit interview, he basically listed the exact same things that he listed at the end of 2022. Um, there were a lot of other, you know, I don't want to go down the list of guys that they could have gotten with that mid-level exception that would have been much, much, much more helpful players. Um, so, you know, just for reference, like a guy like Bruce Brown on the Nuggets, who's their super sub, he was signed with that same exception. A little bit more money because the Mavericks had to use it to sign Hardy, but you can make that work if, if right. they were actually interested. You know, they weren't interested. So, you know, it sucked. Uh, you know, we knew it wasn't going to work. He started. It didn't work. Uh, then, like, they just mothballed him, and he just never played. Like, he went from starting to just not even part of the rotation anymore. And then every time kid a, would try him, yeah. kid would try him. And every time he tried, every two he weeks. Would, <laughs> it would be like, he would be like a negative six in two minutes. And it's like, how does that happen? Oh, right. it happens because he goes for weak side blocks and chases boards and he just doesn't stick to assignments. Yeah. And uh, he had that moment. He had like a couple of decent games toward the end of the year in March. Uh, like I remember specifically when kid basically played him and would the entire second half together. And that he'd never play, I, I bet he'd never played that long in his career. It's like 24 <laughs> yeah. straight minutes without yeah, a break. It was crazy. Uh, and then that forced, of course, the fan base to be like, well, where, why isn't he been playing all season? And it's like, guys, that nothing would have me. changed if he played more. Um, they still would have had the same issues. So again, it was, it was a bad, I mean, it was a bad contract the moment they signed. I mean, and, and people can, we all, even ourselves, tried to talk ourselves into sure. it because at a certain point, no one wants to hear you yelling about something, how much something sucks over That's and over right. again. So we just tried to talk ourselves into it, but we knew, I mean, we both knew as soon as the contract was signed, what was going to happen. And that this is why he's a journeyman. He's been on one year contracts for almost his entire career. Like he's just, he's someone you get as like your emergency, maybe backup big, but like the, the, the multi-year contract, the guarantee to start, it was just, it was just a disaster from the beginning. It was never going to work. And now I wonder if this summer, now they're probably trying to find a way to get off his contract, which is yep. going to be really hard. I don't think, I don't they, think he can. Yeah. Unless they give up something that they don't want to give up, which mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. They don't have enough assets to dump one just to get off McGee's money. So they might. Just I mean, it does to... seem like like if there's there's not like an upside here, but it does seem like his teammates enjoyed him, with the exception of Luka Doncic. Um, Luka <laughs> had like a lot of like frustrated looks for him during the year, but that that has to do with his play, not necessarily him as a person. And you know, if you can get by with being just a guy on the bench, then that'll be fine. I mean, it was what Bobby did, but but Boban was you know a two million dollar player, so exactly. I know. Well, all right. So the next guy we want to talk about is probably the most interesting, even though we have two guys left. Um, and probably these next two guys are different for uh, interesting for different reasons. Um, Maxi Kleba. Uh, I don't really know how to talk about a season because when you tear your hamstring off the bone, <laughs> that sort of gives you almost like the grade of incomplete. Uh, he came back somehow. Some way he explained it a couple of times. I still don't really understand what happens. Um, he looked good for a game and then was essentially burnt toast for the entire like he had the game winning shot against Los Angeles Lakers, which was admittedly very cool. But he was he was really after he came back from injury, he he looked like a guy who tore his hamstring. And they signed him to a three year extension this uh past off season um why is something i will never understand like who who is chasing 31 year old maxi anybody it's not that the deal is bad i'm just like i'm curious about what are the mechanics there what are you are you worried that maxi's going to get away for a price you can't match like i i really i don't know i i i feel such a weird player because his his archetype is so valued that I don't know what the rest of the league thinks. Maybe of. that's why they're worried because yeah. is somebody going to come for him? And as we well know, his, his shot just comes and goes like it, it almost reminds me of, of like a pitcher with the yips where it just like some games he has it, some stretches he has it. I mean, I remember there was um, a lot of the internet like to give Jeff Skin Wade a lot of grief for for his comments about about Maxi after one game, or it's like, oh, you guys didn't believe in him la- that last March. Well, March of 2022, Maxi Kleba shot 17 percent from three. I still remember the game against the Utah Jazz in the playoffs where he hit more game more threes in the game than he did in the entire month of March. Like it was, he was real bad. And granted, his defense was much better last season. And that's really where the the kind of questions are remaining with him because he just, if you can't jump, you're, that means you're, what, what is he bringing? Because he doesn't rebound. He, 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 he can hit shots, but he doesn't shoot enough. Well, like, I, I'm just, I feel sort of bad for him because I think he, he's, he's in a rough situation right now. Yeah, uh, he had the second lowest block rate of his career. Is that a good trend? Tied for the lowest steal rate. So, like, his ability to make splash defensive plays was one of the worst it's been since he's been in Dallas. Yep. Uh, Which is not a good sign for a guy that has injury history and is on the other wrong side of 30. So, you wonder how much of that hamstring injury was a part of that. It probably was. And like you said, he doesn't rebound. He doesn't do any, you know, he's not a passer. He's not a, you can't run any offense through him. He's purely, 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 purely a screen and roll, pick and pop, you know, just spot up shooter. Uh, and even then, you know, he, you know, he averaged 25 minutes a game and only took three threes a game, which is difficult to impact the game offensively when you're just not shooting that much. Like he just doesn't shoot a lot. Um, 
So, you know, we'll see. He's one of those weird guys where he's really important to the Mavericks because if they didn't have him, they just don't have anyone. But also it's like, he's like, how many minutes would he play on the Boston Celtics? Like, you know, how many minutes would he play on the, on the Philadelphia 76ers? Like, it's no offense to, you know, I'm not trying to take a slide at him. It's just, he's very indispensable to this roster, but more because not, more because of how the roster is built, not less because of his impact, which has right. been kind of wishy-washy the last. They, just, years, they leaned but... on him more and more as he got less and less capable. Yeah, I mean, if you watch highlights of him from his rookie year, or second year till now, I mean, it's it's not even close. Like the step he's lost, and again, maybe it is. You know, maybe coming back a year removed from that hamstring injury, maybe he looks different. Um, I still think it's crazy that he came, he injured it, rehabbed, came back all in the same season. Uh, and then like Zion Williamson had a career ending, not career, season ending hamstring strain. Right. Doesn't require surgery. So like, again, you know, you want to give him credit for like, he obviously battled his ass off to get back. Yes, he did. Floor. So he's going to have a grace period, but if he puts up a similar season to the last, maybe two, uh, this upcoming season, it's going to, you know, they're, it's just going to really hurt this team. Like they, unfortunately they need him to be like a starting caliber stretch five. That's, that's the like their trade, rim yeah. protector that the, their Jack of all trade. Like they need him to defend like Draymond green and then also hit spot up threes. And it's like, oof, like not that's even Draymond shoots threes. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, I mean, if he's your third big in a rotation of three bigs, you're really excited. Right. Because he's playing like 15 minutes a game. I mean, even really if he's hard, even, yeah, yeah. Even if he's like your backup, just but like I mean, I know he he was a backup for the last two seasons, but he closed every game, he closed every playoff game. Like he was their part of their top five and closing five lineup. So they try to manage his minutes because they know if he plays thirty minutes, he turns into into, glass, into dust. So yeah, we'll see. Um, it'd be really cool if they could rely on him less and he was more of just like a twenty minute bench guy that can come in and change the momentum of a game but right now he's still their closer as a big so we'll see what they do that brings us to our last guy um tim hardaway tim hardaway jr came into the year uh with interesting expectations i would say you know for those who may not remember the specifics uh it was late january 2022 where he went down with a foot injury and he would he wouldn't play the rest of the year uh, there was always a lot of talk about him maybe making a comeback, and it just it didn't happen. Foot injuries are difficult. Uh, not much to be you know to comment on that. So for him to come into this year, he was on starting year two of a four year deal, and the expectations were confused in the sense of of I think folks didn't know what we would get from from Tim Hardaway, and he was really bad, and then all of a sudden. After like 60 total games under Jason Kidd, he finally starts hitting shots. And I think people will miss, will not totally remember this, but there was a point in the year where he felt like the worst contract on the Dallas Mavericks because he had to play. Like he, Tim's relation to Tim's scoring and playing almost tied hand in hand with the Mavericks' ability to win games. It was nuts. And I still, to this day, don't really know what to think about um, Tim Hardaway Jr. Because there's a chance he might have, like, positive value. 
Is that nuts? I think they rebuilt his value a little bit this season. Yeah. Um, he still had a weird season. Not even talking about like just the, the where like the light switch flipped and he just started making all his threes. He shot a career low on twos. He regressed this season so bad on everything but mm-hmm. three pointers. Like, and it's great that he made that he got his three point shot back because that's going to be how you sell him to other like. If he was still okay at the other stuff, but he was making 33% of his threes, like no one's no one's trading. Right. People can look past the other stuff if he's making his threes, which he is. Um, still oddly gets talked about by, by a lot of people as like a great defender. And they get, like he get, he gives yeah. a great individual effort in one-on-one matchups, but like as a team defender, he's just he's not there. Um and that's still that's been a thing since he's been here. Um good to see the three-point shot back. Very troubling that a guy that turned 30 had his worst two-point percentage of his career because um, that's not something that's going to get better as you get older and, you you know, maybe you slow down a little bit. Um, and he was never, like, a great player inside the arc uh, with the Mavericks except for maybe, like, one year. And a lot of that was, like, Rick drawing up stuff to get him good looks at the rim and, and taking some of the bad shots out of his diet, um, which obviously doesn't happen now with Kid. He has the green light to shoot yep. whatever he wants, so... Weirdly, he's kind of indispensable in the sense that uh, he's the only high-volume three-point shooter on the roster besides Luca, and now they have Kyrie. But before Kyrie, he was it. Like, and you need those guys. Like, people get so mad at Tim, and I understand why. And people want to trade him for just like anything, and they want to dump him. They just want him off the team. And I'm like, guys, you can't have like this is pre-Kyrie trade, but you can't just have Luca surrounded by like Dorian and Maxi and Powell and Reggie and all these guys that shoot like two to four three-pointers a game mm-hmm. with Luca, who's the greatest three-point shot creator in basketball right now. Yep. You need someone that can, that has a, a quick trigger. And you saw that this season when Tim was bad, they lost. And when Tim was good, they won, they yep. won uh, because they just, he was the only guy that would shoot a bunch of threes and, and make them. So um, if they do find a way to like trade him and move on, they have to make sure that whether they get it back in that package or they get it in the draft or another trade, another transaction, yep. they have to have another guy that can shoot at the volume that Tim does or the offense is really going to struggle. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Luca likes to size everything up. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think there's an element of, of why, like Kyrie pushing the pace at different points, I think was also pretty helpful for a guy like Tim Hardaway. <sighs> I, I, it's just so odd that that he matters this much to them. Like if, if it, 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 and that's just kind of the theme of today's players, where it's like, boy, they just have a rough roster. They just have a rough roster. So yeah, it's weird because it's like people are like, we got to get rid of Tim, just dump his contract. It's like they kind of need more Tims. I, I mean, as as weird as that sounds, and like that's not my ideal, but I'm just saying, like I would like would love it if they had like two more guys that would shoot seven threes a game and make 38% of them. Like, wouldn't you yep. like with Luca, like, uh, and the Mavericks offense was already good. So that's another part of it. How much are they going to try? You know, are they going to try to take a step back on offense? Cause they feel like they really need that defensive upgrade that much. Is that what they used Tim's contract for? Cause he's definitely rehabbed his value a little bit. Yep. I don't know. That'll be, that'll be kind of the theme of the off season. How I much are they right. going to go in all in on the defense to fix the defense? Uh, at the expense of what is a really, really good offense, I think. 
Yes. All right. We're basically right at the 45 minute mark, which for me is the ideal podcast length for every podcast I listen to, where if it's like under 45 minutes, I'm like, what are they talking about? Is it interesting? Like, why are we just doing a short show? If it's over 45 minutes, like, what are we doing, guys? You need to make this shorter. Um, Week from today is a draft lottery. Uh, I'm putting this out into the void now uh, that we will be having a live show like this. I do, you know, I can't remember the time lotteries earlier in the evening. So we're both probably going to need to get some special dispensation from the wives to, uh, yeah. to, to have a, a, a live look it, at, at what's happening. It's usually before whatever play first playoff game is tipping off that night. Like yep. I usually it, put it before that. And if, if you don't remember guys, cause it's been a while since Mavs are in lottery. The way this whole thing goes is the show starts at seven, just making up the time. They don't actually do the lottery until like 720 and it's like a painful television experience because you're just like can we please hurry this up that's the only thing we want to know is the picks and they do the um they used to they they go through in reverse order and so they start with 14 and go down to five and then they break for commercial and then they reveal the top four if anyone notices things happen in a hurry so what we hope to do is to be like recover like watching this with you guys in real time which is going to be extraordinarily painful if the Mavericks happen to lose their pick and extraordinarily exciting if they happen to jump into the top four. Uh, so put that on your calendars. I will have a show up in advance to where you can you know, set reminders and do that sorts of thing um, once Josh and I figure out exactly when we're going to be able to hop on. Uh, I do think we'll probably do just – you know, frankly, some of our listeners are are more versed in the draft than we are because this is just it's not what you and I do. Um, we have some guys who are writing about it on the site, and you know, we'll have some we'll have some more interesting stuff I think to talk about once the the lottery sorts itself out because it it, it goes. You know, you, you, there's not like the the two paths diverge in terms of the Mavericks either have the pick or they don't, and then that can really um, kind of set the content tone for what we hope to do at least the, the rest of the summer. Um, do you have anything uh, else before we get out of here? No, I'm good. Uh, I can't wait for the lottery. Can't wait to get that just to know which pick it is mm-hmm. or if they have the pick, you know, God forbid. Um, Cause it's really hard to be like, Hey, do you want them to trade the pick? And it's like, well, I mean, if, if it's top four, I don't want them to trade, but you know, it's just, it'll be much more easier for us to talk about the off season and the planning and the path that we think the Mavericks should go down, what they think they're going to do once we just know that pick. So I can't, you know, need next week to get here as fast as possible. Looking forward to that Um, again. And I will be doing a show on Friday, probably at 3 PM central standard time. Uh, I've really enjoyed the, the live shows this off season. People come in with, uh, with questions and thoughts. And I really like hearing what people are thinking about, because just to be quite candid, I've been really making an effort to not be online during the workday as much just to get through things. And it's like, uh, there's just nothing to talk about right now. And everybody ends up talking to themselves in, uh, into circles. So uh, again, if you haven't subscribed to our show, haven't liked this stream, please go ahead and do so. Please leave comments on the video itself. I really appreciate everybody that's coming in here with Josh and I, we're inching closer to 1000 subscribers. And hopefully from there, that's when the rocket ship will take off um it's it's you know people told us to do this for years and we just didn't want to but this is not actually much harder than what we were doing before so (laughs) we probably should have listened um this has been kirk anderson and josh bow this has been pod mavericks 
after dark and we will talk with you guys a little later in the week bye guys